Let me tell you a secret. Veterans are entering a world full of opportunity, but you can only participate if you know the tricks of personal branding, leveraging your skills in the modern digital economy, and most importantly, positioning your benefits and assets to give you financial control when you stop following orders. I'm Scott Tucker, and I'm here to tell you what they don't want you to know. Welcome to Veteran Wealth Secrets, where we show you how to go from apathy and aspiration to autonomy and financial control. Scott Tucker here, and welcome back to Veteran Wealth Secrets, where this show, we talk about, hey, how are we preparing for modern, for, for post-military life in the modern economy? There's never been greater opportunities than we have right now, especially as a veteran in the United States of America in the year 2020. There's so much going forward, but we all know that part of the struggle, sometime during your career, as you're transitioning, even as after you're a veteran, I was a veteran for five years before I finally asked myself the question, what do I really want to do? What am I passionate about? So that's why I'm really excited that we have Monica Muneer from Veteran Transition Services, the founder of Veteran Transition Services of America, here to talk about how do you find that that purpose, that passion, that that sense of meaning so we can do what we want to do, work to live and no. Live to work instead of work to live. I always get that one backwards. But thank you so much for joining us, Monica. How are you? I am fine. It is my pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. No, absolutely. I I want to have experts in this space. I am by no means a transition expert other than having done it myself. I have my own ideas on, for some people, maybe they might look at it some different ways, but there's definitely a lot of best practices out there for sure. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, How did you go from your military career to eventually end up saying, oh, actually, this is what I want to do is give back in this way? It's actually a very ironic and funny story to a degree. Depends Good. on your sense of humor. <laughs> Got to have that military sense of humor. Yeah. Um, I started off in 93 signing up for the Army Reserves on a dare. Dad dared me to do something with my life. A dare. So, yeah. <laughs> um, he was Navy. I'll forgive him. But no, right. um, I went to all the branches and I didn't want to cut my hair because it was down to like below the middle of my back. Mm -hmm. I was the only one that didn't allow didn't I didn't have to cut the hair for basic training and they gave me uh my job of choice which was an operating room technician so I did army okay. did on uh, 94 went to basic training and then I stayed in the army reserves until 97 well I was bored with it because couldn't do my job so I went active duty and I wanted to go overseas mm -hmm. so I had to change my MOS to communications so I did that and went to Germany, loved it over there, did two years active duty, injured my back, came back home. And then right before 9-11 hit, I moved out to Washington State, mm -hmm. couldn't find a job. So I went into the Washington National Guard, was stationed with uh, a military intelligence unit. And 9-11 hit, got brought into the Joint Command Operations Center. Mm. Joint, no. Joint Operation Command Center. Loved it. The best time of my life in the military. Oh, cool. Did did that try one, realized that the back wasn't up to speed to stay in, so got out. Came back to Michigan, started going to school for nursing. Mm -hmm. Got um, involved in a fire department as a EMT. Enjoyed that, but then again, back couldn't hold out, so I stopped doing that. Ended up in New York in... 
97. And my neighbors, there's this new program called Homeland Security at one of the universities. Mm -hmm. So I went and did that because of what I did in the military, in the Joint Operation Command Center. Mm -hmm. My passion changed from medical to to basically like protection serving. Mm -hmm. Did a, a bachelor's in Homeland Security and then ended up doing a master's in business. Went down to... Uh, DC started looking for a job in Homeland Security, FBI, that kind of stuff. And while I was down there, the guy, the VA said, let's do your back surgery. I felt guilty doing my back surgery in Virginia. One, I wasn't from there. So mm. I didn't have family there. And two, they had just did the state of the art spinal and trauma center for injured soldiers. And mm. I couldn't take eight hours of surgery for me away from the guys and girls are women coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq. Mm -hmm. So I told him I'll go back up to Michigan, do my surgery there where my family is. Plus U of M does the neurosurgeries for the VA. Mm -hmm. And I used to work at U of M. So I knew the, the surgeon that would do it. Came up, did the surgery. And then ironically enough, nine months later, the Detroit VA diagnosed me with stage four lymphoma cancer. Oh my gosh. So I started all that process. And at the very beginning, they gave me about nine weeks to live. Wow. And once they found out the type of cancer it was, they're like, if the chemo works, we'll find out in nine weeks. You'll either, I hate to say it, be dead, or it will work. Mm -hmm. As you see, it worked. But sitting <laughs> in ICU Good. and all the private rooms and isolation rooms because of having cancer, I just... Told myself, you know what? I can't do Homeland Security anymore. I can't mm -hmm. do the protection force. I didn't have the strength, first of all. But just my heart started tugging on veterans because after mm -hmm. I did my inpatient chemo or outpatient chemotherapy with Detroit, I went down to Tennessee to have a stem cell transplant, which is like the next step for your treatment. Mm -hmm. They found out the cancer had come back. So I had to go to Ann Arbor for inpatient chemotherapy. And when I tell you, I literally had to get a senator involved. Hmm. I had to contact um, Senator Levin and his team was amazing. He got me into Ann Arbor to get chemotherapy. All Ann Arbor had to do was administer the chemotherapy. They didn't have hmm. to do any tests, didn't have to choose the chemo. So if I'm going through that type of hoops and red tape, knowing, personally knowing a sen senator, what's mm -hmm. everybody else going through hmm. that doesn't know a senator? So like when I transitioned from the security to actually helping veterans, mm -hmm. I had already sat on a few different boards at the Detroit VA to help um, them better themselves to help. Uh, veterans, especially the female veterans, because for some reason, people don't see us. Mm -hmm. When we go to the VA, they're like, oh, are you here with your dad or are you here with your spouse? Oh, and you wow. Like, Wait a second. I'm a female. I'm here for me. Yeah. <laughs> type thing. And then also in my work history, I was filling out a job application for the FBI and I had to do the background check. I realized I had 28 different jobs since I was 18 and I was <laughs> only, I think like 20, 36 at the time. Mm -hmm. So I started th like 
really thinking like, why do I have so many different jobs? Mm -hmm. I didn't feel that connection that we feel in the military. I didn't have the passion for what I was doing. Right. So it's like sitting in the hospital bed. I'm like, what else can I do? So I decided to start a uh, company or at the time it was a company to help veterans. And also I was always on Facebook because you know how bored we were in mm -hmm. like, <laughs> what 2012 2013 an ad for uh, marriage and family therapy specializing in veterans and military kept popping up so i'm like okay i hate psychology but maybe this is a sign mm -hmm. i got six months left and i'll have my degree in that so okay not only will my will the nonprofit i founded help with mental health issues but doing my internship now, I noticed the veterans, if they don't have that help for their family, that's one problem that they're having with their transition, mm -hmm. that they feel lost. So I help them get their claims. I've helped them, if they were homeless, get housing. I'm actually a Habitat recipient. After I did my transplant, I was still living at my parents and Habitat came to one of the board meetings I was at and was looking oh, for cool. a veteran. And I'm, my first thing is, let me... Give me about a month. Let me talk with the people in the VA. I'll get you a good candidate. Everybody like smacked me about the head and was like, you, you apply. Yeah. <laughs> you know how we think we don't, we don't ask for that help. Right. I'm, I'm good. I'm like, give me about two years. I'll be back on my feet. I, I won't need it. It was the best thing in the world because wow. now I actually opened my house for veterans that need assistance. Like that little transition. If they need just that, little help to get from being homeless to getting an apartment or mm -hmm. getting a house. So as I'm helping them do that with other organizations that work with them, they're not on the street because we know there's a lot of homeless veterans now. Yeah. So just being sick and in the hospital opened my eyes to so much more. So my, my passion is really just helping other veterans get on their feet so that they can help themselves so mm -hmm. they don't feel like they're lost or that there's nobody else that feels the same way. I, I like that you say that because it, it's nobody's fault that the veterans are just like, you get so many benefits that it's, it almost feels like you're compelled to wait and, you know, wait for orders. Where's my next thing? Where's my next station? And, and what a compelling story that, while you you were doing what you thought you, you should be doing or wanted to be doing after the military and circumstances, two major medical conditions, to put those to a stop and it caused you to say, hey, what, you know, now I can't do things I thought I wanted to do. Actually, maybe I really enjoy this other thing over there. It was like a forcing mechanism. I'm not saying it was, a, in some ways, it was a good thing those things happened as painful as they would have been. But not all of us have that unless we have some sort of wake-up call epiphany. Given what you you do now, how do we how do we give ourselves as veterans permission to seek a passion? Sometimes it's hard to say, I don't know what my passion is. I don't want to make money from a passion. Sometimes you can turn the thing you're making money from into a passion. But when, when you're working with folks, because I, I have people messaging me, they just go, Scott, I don't know how to translate my skills. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And it's don't worry about translating your skills. Figure, go find what's drawing you to something. So yeah, how do, how do you work with that at Veteran Transition Services of America? Uh, that's a mouthful. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just it, it, say it too fast. 
at one one time it was just veterans transition services but in order to be a nonprofit, I had to change the name. Mm-hmm. So because I actually go all around the United States helping veterans, I just oh, put good. all okay. that. Yeah, that's a very interesting question because, like I said, I didn't know really what I wanted. And I started going to a church that my sister and my brother went to. Mm-hmm. And that's when like everything started to fall into play. I did a career class with them. And one of the tests they have is finding what your passion is or what you basically what God has made you to do. And mine actually was an advocate. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do. And I just started like really looking at it and then looking at my life. I'm like, you're right. I I am an advocate for veterans because of everything that I've gone through. Right. Yes. I am a female. Yes. At the time I was very young. I don't have boots on the ground combat. Mm -hmm. But I have two wars that I was in rear D doing a lot of the logistics, helping them that way. Sure. So a lot of veterans that I've run up with say, you don't, you were never in boots on the ground. I'm like, you're right. I wasn't. But I was the one that helped you get to what you were doing. Mm-hmm. I was the one that was looking at the sit wraps, seeing what was going on. So to a degree, I was there. But my body physically wasn't there. When you guys went into the firefights, did I cry? Yeah. When I lost friends, did I cry? Without a doubt. Mm -hmm. But saying all that, I now utilize it because when the guys come back, like you said, we want orders. So when I'm doing therapy, I don't, I'm like a drill sergeant. I'm like, okay, this is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. But I walk them as a timeline. Okay, let's get your claim. Let's see, once you get your claim, are you considered disabled from the the VA? So after you get your GI bill, if you still need schooling, we can do the voc rehab. And do you have a house? Let's go for the VA loans. And there's so much that you can get that people don't realize or veterans don't realize they're entitled to. Mm-hmm. And then I also therapy wise see a lot of the children, which I never thought I would be working with children. I always thought it would be the veterans. Oh, yeah. But People don't also realize the family members are just as important as the veteran because they were the ones that were back always worrying. Mm -hmm. They're the ones, especially the spouses, they had to keep a foundation at the house so that the soldiers or sailors, airmen, didn't have to worry about what was going on at home. Not only do we have to look at how to help the veterans, but now how to help the veterans' families. That's super important. My wife actually is a gold star daughter lost her dad at sea when she was 10 and it wasn't until 20 years later that she realized oh i i didn't know that there was a community that i'm still a part of this and that there's resources and I would so say, on there's so, so many benefits yeah yeah and so she actually put, started a podcast over a year ago and just won a, a major award it's it's for military families to, to bring resources like yourself and just make sure there's awareness for the family, for the spouse and the kids who are left in the dark. It's called holding down the forts. I like how you said foundation, because that's what yeah. it is. They are the foundation to make our military work. That's for sure. Monica, fortunately, we're, I'm running up on, yeah. on time, but wow, you've definitely <laughs> put out a lot of insight and thoughts. And, mm-hmm. and and thank you for sharing your story about how, because how much adversity are our, our, our veterans going through in a lot of different ways. And yeah. too often say, I'm at the end of the line, there's no orders and things can get bad and you have to pick it up and and, mm-hmm. and figure it out or go find the resources such as yourself. So uh, 
Monica, tell us who, who should be contacting you? How do they contact you? Do you partner with other organizations? What can you tell us about exactly how Veterans Ser- Transition Services of America works and, and how should people contact you? Okay. I do have email, which is Veterans Transition Services mm-hmm. at Gmail. And I do have a work telephone number. And that is 734 905 0080. So those are the two ways you can contact me. And what I actually do is I put you, if I can't do it, I do have somebody that does or that can help you. I'm focused in Michigan because that's where I live. Sure. But I do all over the United States. If, if I don't have that research right there in front of me, I will go research it and then get back to you. Depending okay. on where you are, I've traveled to Florida, California, Georgia, North Carolina to help other veterans that needed like that little help walkthrough. We don't, we just have to build that community. I guess you could say, Mm -hmm. um, I do partner with a lot of people in Michigan, which is like Red Cross. I don't know. There's so many. Well, there's 45,000 veteran service organizations. So I I can imagine. And what people don't realize is a normal, like Red Cross, they have a division for veterans only. Oh, or Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Most people don't. Right. Hmm. So just lo- you can just reach out to any local nonprofit and ask them, do you have a division of veterans? And sometimes they say, yeah, like Habitat of America has a division for veterans. Okay. People think of Habitat as just a normal, just help helping lower income. But no, they actually have a veteran division to help okay. veterans. No, good to know. Wow. Then uh, you are definitely full of resources, plenty, plenty more to share for hey, people. If you got something, if you got a, if you got a question, a problem, I'm guessing Monica could point you in the right direction one way or the other. And obviously now we're in Zoom land, so it'd yeah. be a little easier to, to connect. But Monica, thank you again so much. Uh, for joining us uh, and and sharing your insight. I I look forward to connecting with you more and seeing how things are going and seeing how we can help out. But yeah, anything else you want to share before we go? I just want to thank the families and everybody that's been in the uh, military or still in the military. Thank Mm -hmm. you for everything that you've done to make us safe and keep it out of America. No, absolutely. Thanks again, Monica. And thank you all for watching. We had a lot of people come on live. So that was cool. It must be the uh, just before dinner hour where everybody's got time. So no, great. The, the show's been growing. Very excited. Hey, we're starting off small. Of course, you got to start somewhere, but it's, it's growing quicker than I thought it would. So but please subscribe. Please share the show with your friends, everyone. And we will see you next time. Thank you so much for having me. You bet, Monica. Thanks. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Veteran Wealth Secrets. Be sure to subscribe to us on all the podcast channels, also on YouTube, and share it with a friend. Visit our website at usvetwealth.com to get access to all of our free resources, including the first three chapters of Veteran Wealth Secrets, the post-military guide to gaining autonomy and control. You can get that today on our website, first three chapters for free, or you can go to amazon.com if you want the Kindle or paperback. We have other resources all over the website, so check out usvetwealth.com to learn more.